everybody, welcome to the world's greatest Bronze Age Spider-Man podcast. Here comes the Spider-Cast. I am your co-host, Mike Gall, and as always, I'm joined by... Joshua Mervell, and today we're going to be taking a look at some of the uh, spookier episodes of the 1990s Spider-Man animated series, um, part of the Neogenic Nightmare uh, saga. It's funny, yeah, I didn't even think about this, but this will air fairly close to Halloween, so it's kind of like a Shocktober-themed episode, right? Right. (laughs) Woo! All right. Shocktober. Yeah, we're bringing it back. Uh, Mike Dell thinks I invented that word, but I definitely, definitely did not. Um, But anyway, joining us as usual, we have G.I. Jolie, who's back after an absence of a few weeks. Thanks for coming, G.I. Jolie. Woo! And, and of course, spirit. Woo. Y- this yes. Is spooky. <laughs> and uh, and of course, returning Bex Luthor. Yo, what up? It's me. I'm here. <laughs> Mike's like, you want to watch some Spider-Man cartoons? I was like, I already did, but I'll watch them again. <laughs> right. And then, uh, of course, our our special guest this week took a half day off work or a full day <laughs> to watch Spider-Man cartoons. Dustin is back with us. Thanks for joining us, Dustin. Glad to be here. Was it a full day or a half day? Uh, but I had to get out of work at two. Okay. <laughs> All right. Nice. Well, at least it shows dedication, right? I like yeah. that. Bas- basically, as soon as I got back from lunch. Okay. <laughs> so this, yeah. So these episodes, um, I guess now th- these are these are a continuing story, but they each focus on different characters. So we'll kind of go episode by episode here. We didn't even plan out beforehand how we're going to summarize these, but Josh, do you want to do the first one? Morbius? Sure. Okay. Not, so not to say that I could remember any of them, but go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> right. Hopefully you'll remember um, the plot of this one. So uh this whole season, this like 14 episode run, is uh centered around uh some sort of weird mutation that's happening to Peter Parker, mm-hmm. which is kind of turning him more bestial and more spider-like. Uh, earlier in the season, he starts kind of like losing his powers and then gaining them back. Now he's getting he's starting to get like sharp pains in his stomach. Um, so he has been like working with um, Dr. Mariah Crawford, um, who is a scientist trying to like figure out what's going on with his DNA. He's doing some tests. Uh, all while Michael Morbius, who is also uh, working at the university, or sorry, going to the university. Um, he's doing some tests on bats because back where he's from, there's like this weird virus going around. So he's he, that. That's why he came to America to be to become a scientist and find a cure for what's going on back home. Um, so uh, he finds. Peter's like science experiment on his own blood and thinks that Peter is trying to undermine him and like find the cure before he does. So he steals, he steals Peter Parker, Spider-Man's blood and he starts testing on it. And one of the bats that he's testing on flies into this like experiment as it's happening. The bat mutates and then flies over and bites Michael Morbius, turning him into Morbius, the living vampire, as we know him uh, from the comics. Um, And that's pretty much it. Like he's dating Felicia Hardy. He's friends with Deb Whitman, who's also a scientist at the school. Um, I don't think I really missed a whole lot in that one. Pretty much that, like he's he's starting to hunger and go around and uh, uh, people 
think that um, Spider-Man is the one that like knocked Michael Morbius out after he turned back into his human form. So I think the end of the episode, if I remember correctly, we see him going into the ICU uh, and the doctors believe he is um, in a coma. So wait, and that kind of rolls into the next one, right? There's one more thing. Did you mention oh, the big cliffhanger with with Peter Parker at the very end? Was that the first episode? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Well, he also starts uh, two extra arms burst out <laughs> of his sides. <laughs> yeah. He, yeah. He becomes. Yeah. Yeah, he's starting to turn into the man spider. Right. For some reason, I thought that didn't happen until the next episode. But no, you're pro- you're That's probably so right. True. I only yeah, remember I because I'm looking at this episode summary. Uh, we should have asked <laughs> this before we did the summary, but Dustin, uh, this is your first time reviewing the 90s cartoon with us, right? Right, right. And what's your I, familiarity with it before this? Oh, I watched uh, seasons one and two um, about six years ago, six, seven years ago when it was on Netflix. Oh, cool. Okay, so, so you're familiar uh, with these episodes? Yeah, I'd, I'd watched them before. Oh, nice. Um, cool, cool. But I, I needed to rewatch them. I didn't. I had to like refresh myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, one, one key point I think for this is the contest that's going on, right? So Doc Connor is applying for a grant, and he's put to his class whoever comes up with the best neogenic experiment gets to be his <laughs> teaching assistant. And right. So that's where that's the contest between that at least Morbius is having with Parker. Morbius is trying to, Morbius is trying to beat Parker at this and Parker's just trying not to mutate. Um, but Morbius, that's why Morbius steals um, Parker's experimentation. Mm-hmm. So Dustin, uh, because th- this is your first time reviewing the cartoons, uh, first, what's your impression of the series overall? Oh, uh, I like it. I like it. Now, sometimes, uh, Sometimes the characterization, they're a bit shallow. So some of the characters, like uh, especially uh, Felicia Harding, um, Michael Morbius in the earlier episodes, the episodes leading up to this, they're <laughs> just they're just so one dimensional. Mm-hmm. Um, the uh, Peter Parker does a good job. Um, some of the villains they do a good job on, but some of these side characters are just a bit shallow. Otherwise, than that, I, uh, it's pretty good, and I like the I like the fact that there's always uh, several secondary plots. There's always like a B, a D, and a B, a C, and a D True. plot going on. Mm-hmm. It's True. seldom there isn't at least like sort of four threads of people coming and going together. So that adds a bit of interest as well. So talking about this episode in particular, let's talk about Morbius. Uh, first, wh- are you a fan of Morbius from the comics? Me personally? Yeah, Dustin. Yeah, oh, do you know oh, yeah, about Morbius? yeah, I'm not too familiar with Morbius. I mean, I like, you know, I've read his entry in the Guide to the Marvel Universe, but I don't think I've actually read a comic with Morbius before. And what's and is this going to make you want to read more Morbius comics? <laughs> I, I I don't know if it's quite the uh, it's the quite the on ramp that maybe Marvel was looking at with these right. episodes where they're introducing a new uh, a, a new comic you should go and read every week. Um, right. I didn't. I don't really find Morbius that kind of an on ramp. Though I mm-hmm. I still want to see uh, how Gerard uh, Jared Leto does when it comes out. Of course, of course. Uh, Becca, what's your take on um, the animated version of Morbius? 
Sorry, you cut out. Who did you say? Oh, sorry. What's your take on the animated version of uh, Morbius, Becca? Oh, me? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I remember as a kid being like freaked out a little bit by him. And now as an adult, I'm like, why is Felicia Hardy interested in this old, old man? <laughs> why? Like, he's not cute. Even like, he's way more interesting as a vampire than he is just like, why is he? I don't know. He's got like a big arch going on. He already looks like a vampire, but it's when he turns into a vampire that I'm much more attracted to him um, <laughs> for no other reason than I'm just really into monsters. <laughs> um, no, I just I think it's funny that he just showed up and he's like, OK, uh, I'm better at science than you. Uh, I'm better at dating than you. Uh, also, <laughs> like I have an attic. In, in the university that is my personal study after he steals the equipment from the, the lab to put upstairs from the lab. I thought that was funny. Uh, <laughs> oh, great guy. Um, great guy. Great guy. Good, you know, good just, with kids. Uh, yeah, good I, with kids. I love that when he turns into the vampire, he also gets a vampiric soul patch. That's really cool. Yeah, he didn't have yes. facial hair, did he? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, he, he definitely it, it, For some reason, grows when he turns into his vampire form. Uh, love that. <laughs> also, I'm not 100% really familiar with Morbius. Is that how he, like, sucks plasma out in yeah. the comics? From his, his hand? Nasty no. hand holes? That's, as far as I know, 100% censorship. That's why they kept saying plasma, mm. plasma, plasma, instead of just blood. Right. No. As far He's as like, I these know, these kids aren't dead. They're just right in a coma. I think it's strictly because of censorship, as far as I know. Mm. So yeah, I was wondering about that too. I'm like, what the hell is that? Yeah, it's okay. nasty. I, it's yeah. much worse than him just biting people. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. It's so much worse. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah, like trypophobia is like. I was like, ugh. Every mm -hmm. time he shot out his nasty hands. No, great. Um. Also, he just. He's dating Felicia Hardy, so that's cool. Good for him. I want to know how that happened. <laughs> uh, G.I. Oh. Julie, what's your take on uh, Morbius, the living <laughs> vampire? Well, Becca said he was, like, old. And not until... <laughs> I was like, did he also gain the power of creepy? Or was he <laughs> always creepy? He just seemed creepy, but he got creepier after he mm -hmm. became a vampire, too. Mm -hmm. Um... I don't know. He's kind of a ridiculous character. Um, I laughed a lot at him. Okay, That's not with him, at him. Yes, yes. Because he was, like, blue. <laughs> was he not? Like, just a weird color? Uh, his hair is dark blue, he, yeah. His hair turns blue and he's in vampire form. Oh, God. It's a bit blue it's... even in his original human form. Yeah, I just... he. He looked odd. There was a moment where I had to rewind uh, and go back mm -hmm. to see if he had turned into a vampire or if he was a vampire <laughs> all along. Right, uh, right. Because I, I wasn't, I was passively, I will admit, I was passively sort of watching this episode. Mm -hmm. And I was like, wait a second. He did the creepy plasma thing. And I was like, wait. Okay, yeah, he's been a—he's a vampire, and it, I just assumed everybody—he was a vampire this whole time, and no one knew. No, he <laughs> was turned, and this is like sort of an origin story. And I was like, "Wow, okay, well, he—he he, just everything about him screams vampire vibes." 
Well, mm-hmm. yeah, he, he comes from an Eastern European country, so he has mm-hmm. the like Vlad the Impaler accent already before yeah. he's a vampire. And his yeah. whole plan of coming from his the country where everyone's dying of this bat-related illness, coming to America, getting a degree in science, becoming mm-hmm. a success, and then going back and curing it to save people seems like I don't know. It, the timing seems off. <laughs> but also mm-hmm. kind of on the nose. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, my first impression, I like the guy, but wouldn't let him near any kids. <laughs> okay. Also, oh, go yeah, ahead. Felicia. Like, honestly, Felicia Hardy, what do you mm-hmm. I, too, am with Becca. Like, what? 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 Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was a mystery. Anyway, I mean... <laughs> Though in the episodes she's, leading up to it, she sucks a lot. So I'm kind of glad. Like, she sucks a lot <laughs> leading up to these episodes. So I'm like, good. Those two can just go and. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She sucks a lot, a lot of the time. <laughs> uh, okay. mm-hmm. Yeah, even in the comics, we're okay. not we're not a fan. Yeah. <laughs> she's I was gonna um, say though. For Felicia's credit, the, her options are very limited. <laughs> Peter's Peter sucks. Peter's such a dick. Um, Harry is there. (laughs) (laughs) Who else is there? (laughs) Flash Thompson's there. The entire population of New York is there. I guess. Yeah, (laughs) Uh, yeah, I I definitely um, related to Peter at the beginning of this episode, though. um, Wanting to... Wanting to take that vaccine right away. <laughs> he was really, he was in a, he sure was in a rush to get that vaccine. I was like, yeah. Well, and I actually liked that when he was uh, giving Crawford a hard time, and she's mm-hmm. like, "You're not being rational," and, he, and like she gets him calmed down, and she's like yelling, "I need it! I need it!" I kind of mm-hmm. like the fact that he wasn't like thinking in his right mind. I do like yeah, how normal- she. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Go, go ahead. I was going to say, I like how she was like, you're not being rational. As he picks up her lab equipment and throws it across the room. (laughs) (laughs) Like, Peter, come on. Uh, Normally, I'm not a huge fan of when Peter Parker kind of like loses it. Uh, A lot of the times in the comics, especially um, the comics that these these um, like this era of the cartoon is based off of in the 80s. A lot of the times he just is a dick for no reason. Mm-hmm. But this felt like ra- like a rational response to him literally transforming and like mutating into a monster. So um yeah, normally I'd be kind of like upset and rolling my eyes with him like trashing the place and just trying to take the vaccine uh without it being tested, but um it it feels justified because of everything that's happening to him. Well, I uh, yeah, I can just say for, as far as Morbius, I was not a huge fan of the censorship, the suction cups, mm. the plasma. I think it's ridiculous. I think that in older children's cartoons, we've seen realer vampires. I'm pretty sure. Maybe I'm wrong about that. Like I'd have to go back to like Looney Tunes cartoons, where but I'm pretty sure they mm. probably showed more back then than they do now, right? Maybe I'm wrong about that, but I'd have to look into that. But yeah, um, and overall, you know, because Dustin, we've we've reviewed about, I don't know how many, like this cartoon three or four times now. And 
I think the animation's taken a slight dip in season two. I think season one was definitely better. I'm not sure if that changes in seasons three and four, but I guess we'll see. But uh, overall, this storyline, I mean, I don't necessarily think vampires fit well with Spider-Man, but this is based on a classic story from around Spider-Man 100, 101 around there. So, you know, it's got that classic vibe, so I still enjoy it. The four-armed, or the six-armed Spider-Man thing, I've never been a huge fan of. I never really saw what the big deal was. But again, it reminds me of a classic story. I think it was by Roy Thomas and Gil Kane. Again, not the greatest story, but it is a classic, so it's nostalgia for me. But other than that, this episode was kind of average for me. It wasn't great. Mm -hmm. So now we can go on to the next one, which is... Oh, crap. I don't have my thing open. Enter the Punisher. Enter the Punisher. Do you guys mind if I summarize this one? Yeah. Not that I really remember the plot, but... (laughs) um, Don't you forget to talk about that van. Yeah, so basically, (laughs) I don't remember what's going on, but the Punisher shows up. Oh, so because there's my attempt. Go ahead, Josh. <laughs> no, I was going to say because, Mor- because Morbius, uh, Michael Morbius, not as the vampire, goes missing from the hospital. People think right. that it's Spider-Man, and JJ blames it on him. That's where Punisher comes in. Yeah, and, right. uh, and Punisher's he- assistant convinces him to go find him, and then, then you'll let uh, it'll be good for your PR. Mm-hmm. Right. So in this in this version, there's a lot to say about the Punisher, but Microchip <laughs> is just called Chip. Uh, he doesn't have machine guns. He has kind of laser guns, right? Uh, yeah, tr- I think I think in ev- I think every gun in this series is like laser gun. A laser gun, again, sure. Most yeah. likely because of censorship. Things, so basically, but- Punisher comes in. He saves this woman, and he beats up a bunch of thugs, and then he prepares to shoot one. To death, but then the thug, but then the thug jumps out the window, and the cops come. Punisher takes off, and then basically um, Morbius is still out on a rampage, and uh, Punisher listens listens into a broadcast. The JJJ is uh, you know broadcasting, and uh, yeah, as you said, basically micro- microchip slash chip tells him that he should um, capture Spider Man. So then Punisher goes after Spider Man, and uh, they have this big fight. But then Spider-Man escapes and webs up with the Punisher who... And then Punisher's like, well, I'm going to come back and get you later. And then um, Spider-Man tracks down Morbius by using the sound recordings of the vampire. Uh, and then uh, Punisher is on his tail in his battle van. And uh, what's his name? Morbius is trying to cure his mutation. Um, and then um, Spider-Man comes in. Punisher and him fight again. Uh, Punisher fires a rocket launcher at him, but... um. Uh, basically Spider-Man's mutation increases and now he's gone from being a six-armed human to a gigantic humanoid spider called the Man-Spider and he attacks the Punisher. So I'll just say quickly, the first thing I have to say, of all the characters they've adapted in this cartoon so far, I think the Punisher is the worst. (laughs) Yeah. Okay? I mean... (laughs) Like, first of all, I mean, okay, I understand it to censor it, so he doesn't have real guns. He has lasers. Mm-hmm. The trench coat I can I can tolerate. Uh, way too high tech, right? No, not down to earth, not gritty. But also, who's this voice actor? Like, did they get like the janitor to just? Oh, you know what? There's no one here today. You come in and you just do this voice. This guy, to me, has got no voice talent at all. I looked him up. Apparently, he was an actor on Dallas. But other than that, I don't mm-hmm. think he's ever done any other voice acting. So. 
I was he, not he like sounds function. almost like Regis Philbin. Like he just sounds yeah like <laughs> it's not, it's bad it's bad. Yeah, Josh, kid, what's uh, your take on the Punisher? Um, yeah, he sucked in this. I, I really <laughs> <laughs> he's he was awful. Yeah, uh, the voice acting was really rough. Um, I don't mind the whole like techiness of. Uh, like he's instead of machine guns, he's got like a big laser gun. Sure, like it, it fits in the in this world that they've kind of set up for this like '90s cartoon Spider-Man. So that didn't bother me. It was definitely the voice acting, and then like his backstory was really kind of like yeah, like they weirdly the kite, shoehorned they- in the, the kite, and the- it's like yeah, I, I get it, but it felt like it didn't really like fit in like i never believed that he was going mad from you know right like right. i i i think partially maybe because of the voice acting it just didn't sell it um and because the animation feels a little bit more rough on this one mm-hmm. there it wasn't portrayed well in the animation so because the voice acting was lackluster they both didn't really service each other and mm-hmm. kind of fell flat um yeah he felt really shoehorned in like i i don't think that they needed to bring in another villain or, or not, antagonist it, for spider-man especially, especially not in here story. it doesn't fit it right? doesn't make sense yeah no. um even even later on so they they kind of hint throughout this episode and it kind of comes to a head in the, the beginning of the next episode that um uh uh the doc, Dr. Crawford is like in a relationship with, with Craven. Right. Um, and that they're going to, she, she's trying to get Craven to come back to try help, try and help um, to try and help track down Spider-Man and take him in. So that way she can cure him. So it just doesn't make sense that they would add Punisher in here for this one off story. And then the next one, him and Craven team up. But it's like Punisher doesn't need to be there. Like if they could have yep. just had Craven chasing him, he turns into the beast and he's got to now adapt because he was tra- he was hunting a man, but now he's hunting a beast. So now he's got to adapt and, and reconsider what he's going to do uh, for next episode when he finally faces him. It just, yeah, he, he really feels shoehorned in and does not belong in this episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, G.I. Jolie, what's your take on the animated version of the Punisher? Mm, not really... I'm not really familiar with the Punisher, uh, but what, from what I am familiar with, it, this didn't seem very Punisher-y to me. Mm-hmm. It felt very Marvel team-up. Um, I agree with Josh <laughs> mm-hmm. totally, where it felt like a reason to put Punisher into the show. And right, ultimately, right. there was no reason to do so, other than probably, like we mentioned previously, to like, sell a couple books or toys or, or, or yeah toys, or toys or, like yeah. i remember they like referred to him a couple times by oh he's the guy with the big skull on his t-shirt like it just seemed very like mickey mousey huh mm-hmm. to me mm-hmm. um i don't know it was terrible i didn't like it. it doesn't fit the tone of the show as far as i can tell that's the problem yeah mm-hmm. it just seemed strange that he was even there Mm-hmm. at mm-hmm. all yeah so uh yeah. dustin oh sorry well, i was gonna say yes it is whole entrance there's a little like um 
introduction moment with him where he, where there's a someone's been kidnapped and he's got to go and rescue them from these thugs. Just a quick little mm. introduction. Mm. And his and of course because of the censorship, he's like throwing tires at him. And you know the introduction of Punisher doesn't have guns. It seems ridiculous. His main weapon seems to be walking slowly at the bad guys while they <laughs> jump out yeah. of the way uh-huh, uh-huh. and injure themselves, jumping out of the way of him while he walks at them slowly. So I was just like, right away. That was kind of my reaction from that introduction. I, I kind of was had some hope when uh, Chip kept going, you know, hey, use the non-lethal. And there was like a... they set up this theme of like lethal versus non-lethal ordnance weapons and that looked like i was i kind of had hopes for that but then it sort of trailed off so that was kind of disappointing as well that they didn't like follow through on that theme um yeah but overall i was not a a a fan of punisher in this episode Mm -hmm, definitely not mm -hmm. And, and the battle van which you know i just I just expected to be like, yes, Michael, as he kept like ordering <laughs> the van to do things. I would, you know. Uh, yes. Also, like, okay. I, I read a lot of comics and I mix things up. Did, did he have a jetpack too, or did I imagine that? I had a jetpack. He did. See, jet like pack. that's. Oh, anyway, it's bullshit. Anyway, it, uh, it's actually ahead, a reoccurring Dusty. theme, which is that Spider-Man will have rooftop battles with people who should not be having rooftop battles. Right. So to let Punisher have a rooftop battle when he's not Doc Ock, he doesn't fly. He can't, he's not Spider Man swinging from building to building. They give him a jetpack. He should take the stairs, right? That's the whole appeal of the Punisher. He's a regular guy. Yeah. Uh, Bex Luthor, what's your take on the animated version of the Punisher? Battle van. Battle van. Battle van. I love the battle van. Oh my god. Yeah, the battle. That's... The battle van was sweet. Look. Battleman's my favorite part about Punisher comics, like early Punisher comics, because he's so serious and then he has a van that does everything for him. Um, <laughs> so was the battle van in the Punisher Mar- like Netflix show? Did they have it? They technically had so. a van, but it was not like AI. It was just a van. It wasn't <laughs> battle van. Yeah. Um, there's no re- like, like you guys said. There's no reason Punisher needs to be in this episode. Um. I th- it feels like a filler comic for they were like how long can we stretch out this arc? Uh, throw mm-hmm. Punisher in there. Yeah, he's cool. Um, it should just be Craven. Like it do- even the, the next right. episode when we talk about it, it doesn't make sense that Punisher's there at all. He just is in the way. Um, mm-hmm. I love when how he's like, oh, I finally waited. For- I waited so long t- to fight Spider Man. I was like, have you? <laughs> 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 Why were you just prepared to fight Spider-Man, who's a hero vigilante? Meanwhile, he, the Punisher killed- I don't know, it just made no sense. Like, you know you can't have him shoot anybody in this cartoon, because it's a kid's cartoon. So why have a guy whose only superpower is the amount of guns he has, and his, like, lack of morals when it comes to killing? Like, the Punisher kills people. That's what the Punisher does. Mm-hmm. That's his whole point. <laughs> but he can't do that here. So instead he gets a trench coat. Um, <laughs> and they're going to talk about how much he can't kill Spider-Man. So like, is he going to kill Spider-Man? I'm going to guess no. I don't know. It's just, I like the battle, man. I also like Microchip. That's fun. <laughs> He's fun. He was cool. He was cool. Yeah. I love the idea of 
Punisher not being like a solo operative and having a friend tell him what to do with it, like a guy with the chair guy and a van that also like scoops him up to get him out of trouble. I love that. That's fun. <laughs> but did he need to be here? No. Would I watch no. a 1994 animated series of this, this version of the Punisher? Absolutely. <laughs> Where he can't kill anybody because of censorship. He's just like Yu-Gi-Oh! Four kids pointing his fingers at people because they had to delete the guns out of his hands, <laughs> which is something that they did in the night in the early two thousands. They just erased the guns from Japanese from anime and then just made it so people were pointing fingers at each other. So I want that. Yeah, no, this is stupid. Cool. Okay. Yeah. Freaking spider at the end though. So here's the thing, yeah, so the next episode doesn't introduce any new characters, but it does wrap up the story, so we'll quickly review this one, then we'll jump to the next one, but um, uh, who wants to re- summarize this one quickly? Well, I can review, I can summarize. Okay, Dustin? Yeah, well, Jolie, so... you can do the last one, okay? Oh, no, thank you. I'll do the last one. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> okay, Dusty. So, you know, it starts off, um, uh, Spider-Man, uh, has now turned into the man spider right away. They show, um, they kind of highlight his new abilities. He can shoot webs from multiple limbs. He can spit acid. Um, the, uh, and so the, there's a, the kind of the kerfuffle that ended with the last episode of uh, Spider-Man and uh, Punisher fighting. They separate off and cuts over to Dr. Cough Crawford picking up Craven from the airport and he's uh, flies back. She's gives him the task. You have to hunt down um, Spider-Man and give him the serum. We cut over. There's flash at the lab with Deborah, and uh, um, there's a lot going on. We're skipping back and forth between uh, <laughs> I've got actually got a whole bunch of notes here. We're, they're just skipping back and forth <laughs> all over because there's a lot of plots going on. Craven's hunting Spider-Man, Punisher's hunting Spider-Man, Spider-Man, Spider-Monster is trying to find Morbius, Morbius is trying to get fed, uh, or is trying to feed, so there's a lot going on here. Flash um, escorts uh, Deborah back to the lab, and then Morbius breaks in, he goes to um, drain the plasma from uh, Deb, and then Flash interrupts as he's about to drain, and then... As um, Morbius is draining Flash, Spider-Man interrupts. So there's a lot going on. <laughs> there's a battle still going on between Craven and Punisher that's cutting back. And then um, they break off and the uh, Craven, like, I will find you, Spider-Man. And then, again, there's another um, uh, scuffle between Punisher and Spider-Man, where in this case... Uh, they, they run into it again, and this time Punisher gets wrapped up by Spider-Man and sort of disappears. And then it cuts over to uh, Craven is, you know, using his actual hunting skills. And he's uh, tracked um, Spider-Man, the man spider, down by scent. And figures out, goes and rescues um, uh, Punisher, who's wrapped up in the webs. Crawford's there. And she's like, you can't hurt him. You can't hurt Spider-Man. He's, you know, it's it, it's not his fault that he's been turned into a monster. They all kind of work together. And uh, Craven and Punisher hold Spider um, the man Spider down. They apply the serum and he reverts back to Peter. Um, and then Peter says he's lucky to be Spider-Man again. 
a little interesting thing. Um, uh, they're actually this happens at the World Trade Center parking garage, mm. and that's how uh, Craven was able to uh, track Spider-Man back to his lair is because of the gunpowder from the explosion in the World Trade Center parking garage. Um, uh, Wow, just a okay. little interesting bit of history. Mm-hmm. Though it was actually not a gunpowder bomb; it was actually a fertilizer bomb. Um, but I guess yeah, I most people forget. Specific. Yeah, but, uh, 9-11 was the second attempt to destroy those buildings, right? So yeah. Anyway, uh, uh, yeah, it ends with first him being successful. Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it ends with that lucky be Spider Man, and they uh, they go through a bit of uh, a bit of a. Uh, um, ordeal to get him his mask so he doesn't reveal himself as Peter Parker and that's the end so yeah uh, no, I'm not a huge fan of the man spider thing again um, Josh what would you think of this one uh, I thought it was fine I think that coming off of the Punisher thing I was a little less invested in this episode um, right. I actually think it is this series though it's pretty interesting that um Earlier on, I'm pretty sure Peter was having nightmares about turning into a giant spider um, and then having to deal with like Madam Web, I believe, at the time because he was having nightmares. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of uh, nice that it feels like it was kind of set up from the beginning. So I don't necessarily hate this like man spider storyline. Um, it just feels... Um, weird to be happening right now with these like random characters mm-hmm. it seems like um they just had like a list of all the characters they needed so they're <laughs> like well we have stories for the rest of them so i guess we'll just kind of slot them in when, wherever we can yeah yeah so um and then there's then then there's times too where it's like i i like some of the ideas that they go for but then it's not like done well like uh uh, uh, Craven comes in and saves Punisher because Punisher is like webbed up in the cocoon uh, in like Man Spider's lair, and he immediately cuts him down. He's like, "We got to work together." Punisher's like, "Yeah, we should." They start walking, and Punisher pulls the camera off the string, and uh, Craven says something like, "No, don't touch the web." the vibration and then immediately man spider is just there swinging and it's like it didn't mm-hmm. feel like um they, they didn't build up the fact that they needed to be quiet or that they were even right, sneaking they right. were just like walking and then he pulls it and he swings in there's never a moment where it's like he pulls it and you hear like the and then like build it it just felt kind of like an idea that happened and they're like yeah we'll put it in as a line um, and I actually wonder how much of that is true with, um, the Punisher as well. Uh, because a lot of the times with these things, um, it, shots may get through and then when the client sees it, it might be too violent or they need to change a line. And if, if too much needs to change late into production, they might have recasted a character, so the Punisher might not even be the original voice actor for the this character. Um, this mm-hmm. is, again, this is all speculation. Mm-hmm. That could also be why it didn't really feel like his voice belonged to that character, and then lines felt out of place. 
I don't know. This, this episode was kind of just... It, it, it's funny because it could have been a good episode. Yeah. But it's, if it was Craven hunting down the man spider with Crawford, that yeah. could have been a good episode. But they got Morbius running around. They've got right. Punisher running around. It's it's lot lack in focus. Yeah. Uh, G.I. Jolie, what'd you think of this one? Uh, it wasn't good. <laughs> I don't hate the man spider thing, though. I think it's interesting because I've never mm-hmm. seen it before. It's definitely gross, like body yeah. horror gross. So mm-hmm. very appropriately ooky for like the upcoming season. But other than that, it's again, it's just like an onslaught of, well, we did a lot of stuff with the Punisher in the last episode and like he sacrificed all of this story in order to do so. So we're just going to do all the story right now, <laughs> mm-hmm. right now, and then finish it up. And, mm-hmm. and it's, it was mostly fighting anyway. Bex Luthor. Yeah. It, it, it seems weird that there's so many people here um, that have nothing like Morbius should have been resolved. And then we go into the man spider right. and Punisher doesn't need to be here at all. Like it would have been an interesting kind of flip of the script. If Craven has to hunt down, like that's the episode is now where on the perspective of Craven, the hunter, and he mm-hmm. has to hunt down Spider-Man before he hurts people. And it's like, whoa, who's the bad guy now? Like that could be cool. Mm-hmm. But instead they're like, ah, just call Craven, he'll help, even though Punisher finds him on his own anyway. Um, and then what's really funny to me is like the end of the episode, Peter, when he gets turned back, he's like, oh, I just have to remember that I've got great friends that can, I could count on. And he turns and it's Craven the Hunter and the Punisher. And I'm like, yeah, you're good friends, Peter. <laughs> this guy whose name you don't know and the guy who tries to kill you like very frequently. Mm-hmm. Also, Maria Crawford, who I don't know who she is in the comics she's like craven's girlfriend right like mm-hmm. i don't think she's a scientist is she i don't know yeah she she's sure. the one that's been working with him from the beginning on like doing the blood tests and everything yeah but, but in the comics mm. is she anything oh I sorry i don't remember her from the comics a whole me lot either. Yeah. um but yeah i just i just i cracked up at the end i was like my good friends the punisher and he's like, like, oh, what's my name? And it's like, not important. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Um, it's it's really weird. Like, Punner, both Punisher and Craven could have been absent. Like, it could, they could have been replaced with any other character. Craven doesn't even come in and hunt. He just shows up and he's like, he frees the Punisher and then they tackle Man Spider. It's like any strong person could have tackled, helped tackle Man Spider. Yeah. So, I- so, the, so the doctor could inject him. It can both Punisher and now at this point Craven don't have any superpowers. They're just guys. <laughs> uh, the only good thing that came out of this episode, though, is my favorite relationship from this TV show that I remember as a kid loving because I, too, was a small nerdy girl and nobody looked at me. And then all of a sudden the star of the football team is like, hey, mm. I'm going to save you. I love Flash Thompson and Deborah Whitman. I wish... <laughs> Mm-hmm. That was a thing in the comics. I love it so much. The jock and the nerdy girl, my favorite trope. Oh my god, I was so yeah, excited. Yeah, rocks in the in the in the show. She's dope. I love yeah. her in this show. Like, mm-hmm. unfortunate for her that she doesn't stay that way in the comic books. Right. But now she gets to date Flash Thompson. That's cool. Good for you. See, she like Felicia Hardy needs to learn something. Girl, you gotta find a, a better man. This 
Flash Thompson jumps in front of a freaking vampire for her. Like, well, this version of Flash Thompson. This. Yeah, comic, we don't talk, we don't talk about that. In the comic, it's a whole different yeah. story. No, uh, only he'll beat you version. if you let him. Yeah. yeah, and then he'll see, and then cheat on you also. <laughs> I was gonna say quickly in the comic, Mariah Crawford is Calypso, which in the comic they don't call her Mariah Crawford. She's just she's a Haitian oh, woman. Oh, yeah. Okay. So kind of a different character, but anyway. Like the the cat lady. Yeah. She's got like she's got like she has. I mean, I'm my th- when I see Calypso, I picture the the woman with the bikini with eyes on the boob. Yes, that that's her. her. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. I was like, it's not her, right? Oh. Yep, that's her. That's her. Oh, no. um, they wrote out the word blood. They wrote out her eyeball bikini. Like, what the hell? Okay, guys, we've only got 10 minutes with Jolie. Do you want to jump to the next episode quickly? Yeah. Okay. So I know yeah. I said I didn't want to review this, but can I just say this is an episode before Becca goes ahead? Can I just say this is an episode where we get Blade? Yeah. This is a pre uh, Blade movie, Blade, right? When did the Blade movie come out? This 90- is before. Okay, you know what's cool? Not only is this before the movie, but it was close enough to the movie that. David S. Goyer took uh, the characters created for this. Or wait, no, maybe it's the other way around. I think David S. Goyer wrote the script. Then they took the Sam Elliott character from the movie script and put him in the show and introduced him in the show before the movie came out. Isn't that cool? Hmm. Yeah, because he's not white. Wesley Snipes Blade, but he's also not pre Wesley Snipes comic book Blade. Right. <laughs> Who is like just a guy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like. We can we can talk about Wesley Snipes all day, but he did a lot for Blade. Right. Um, so this episode introduces Blade and his laser sword, <laughs> his lightsaber, and his sick motorcycle. Um, it starts off with now Peter is back to normal, even though he still occasionally has like pain because Doc Connors is like you have to come back here every day to every twenty four hours to take your medicine. So he runs into Morbius again, and it turns out that Blade had heard that there was a vampire around. So he thought maybe Spider-Man was the vampire. Turns out Spider when he throws garlic on Spider-Man, nothing happens, so it's not Spider-Man. And then Morbius shows up. <laughs> and he takes a look at Morbius goes, oh, that makes more sense. Yep, there he <laughs> is. There's the vampire. Um, they do a tussle. Peter is trying to help Morbius and like help turn him back. And he lets him get away. And Blade is super pissed off that Peter is, is trying to help this vampire because all vampires are bad and evil and they need to die, even though he's half of one. And then mm-hmm. we get a little bit of Blade backstory about, like, his vampire father, his, his human mother, you know. Um, I think it's, like, his trainer. I'm not really familiar with this this Blade that much, but it's, like, his trainer is, like, re- recanting the backstory. Uh, right. What else? What else, What freaking happens in this episode? Does anything happen besides, like, Blade and Spider-Man decide to team up <laughs> at the end? Yeah, not not really. Blade, you, we get an introduction of Blade, and he's hunting Morbius because vampire, um, and that's about it. Yeah, and then there's a big um, Peter has been missing for days because he's been a man spider. So he finally uh-huh. just, with the worst lie ever, he's like, "Oh, I just got lost in time, you know? I just wandered <laughs> off." <laughs> Peter, you've been missing for days. <laughs> so he just says to Aunt May, he's like, oh, I just was trying to find take pictures of Spider-Man. I just lost track of time. You ignored Mary Jane for days. You ignored your aunt for days. You just didn't show up or call or anything. And like you couldn't have come up with a better lie. <laughs> anything. Oh. 
and this is is this the episode where Mary Jane like spends the night at Aunt May's house because like she's yeah. so worried about Peter? Girl, do better. Find better men. <laughs> Why are all the girls in the show besides Deborah Whitman just like after the worst men? And like, and then he when Peter and Mary Jane are in like the the they all get called down to the university to talk about vampires or whatever. Um, <laughs> Felicia, yeah. I swear I watched the episode. Um, Felicia runs off crying because Michael's still missing, and he chases after her, and he's, like, consoling her, like, very, like, touchy-feely, and Mary Jane's right there, and they were supposed to go out to dinner, and she's like, F this guy, I'm gonna go out to dinner with Harry Osborne, which girl, probably for the best. <laughs> this version of Harry is kind of like just a smut, like a schmutz, but he's fine. <laughs> like, he's not evil. Right. I don't know. This one was more like just Blade exists, vampires exist. Um, Peter Parker can't hold down a girlfriend because he's constantly jumping between right. girlfriends in front of his girlfriends. Well, okay, G.I. Julie, you have to go soon. So why don't you tell us what's your impression of this episode, especially of Blade the Vampire Hunter? Oh, shit. I love Blade. Blade and Whistler is like relationship goals. <laughs> Um, I, I just, I've been a fan of the Wesley Sipes movie since I was like a kid. Um, so to see him in this episode and to have Whistler and to learn that they probably wrote Whistler in because of the film, because of the script, is like an even bigger, funner Easter egg for me. Um, I thought it was weird that it was a laser sword. That's new. Right. Mm -hmm. everything's, a, everything's a laser. I Okay, I can live with that. But mm -hmm. also I'm having a really hard time differentiating between vampires right now. Because I'm also watching like AHS double features. And there's like a vampire plot there too. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, oh, but he's only a vampire. Michael Morbius is only a vampire because he doesn't have any talent. But then anyway, that's not that's not it. It's not it. And no one gets the joke because no one else is watching American Horror Story. <laughs> okay. Um, I just find it weird that Morbius disappears. He has been integral to the plot of three mm -hmm. episodes up until now and he just kind of is like, well, blades on my tail, peace. Like, and that's mm -hmm. it. That's how they, you know, he just like walks into the background slowly, backwards. <laughs> Essentially. And then that's it. And then... <sighs> I liked the episode. It was the well, one I paid the most attention to. And... Didn't that much attention to <laughs> Well, can I just ask this? Am I the only one that when Blade shows up, thought, oh, they made Blade a Caucasian? Did anyone else think that? Yeah, same. What in Why the hell? so pale? What's yeah? They they really like whitewashed him. What the frick? And then okay, fine. He takes his thing off his whatever hat hat, and it's like okay, he has like black hair, but that's that's whitewashing. Clearly, like just giving him a lighter skin yeah. tone, right? That was ridiculous. What? That was weird. I I looked up a couple times, and I was like, huh, is 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 he white? Then in some frames. I feel like they recolored his skin so he was darker. Mm -hmm. And then it would go back and he would be white again. Mm -hmm. Well, he seemed to be clearly of African, like American descent in the flashbacks to him as a child. Yes, yeah. I noticed that too. Because I was like, I was like, wow, that's weird that they whitewashed Blade. Uh -huh. But then he was, then I was like, oh, they just like 
lightened him a lot. I just found it weird. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, maybe they were trying to go for, like, as he got older, he became more vampiric, so his skin became more pale, but it did not work. It didn't pay off. Um, it really just felt like they were changing the color of the skin. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And, like, he's one of the very, at the time, very few black Marvel superheroes. And the fact that they lightened him up was, I don't know, that was BS. Yeah. It anyway. seems weird because I'm, I'm like looking at the trivia for like in the the on the Marvel wiki, and it's like they they specifically stated they wanted to use Blade because they wanted an African American superhero to appear in the Spider Man show. And I was like, okay, well then do that. Right, <laughs> right. Why? Like, and that's the other thing. It's like it's when people with darker skin tones become the undead, they don't become white. Like that's not what ha- like your skin tone doesn't up this like the brightness. It, it loses its like right warm undertones mm-hmm. <laughs> right right yeah. i yeah, yeah. as soon as he showed up she is a vampire yeah i'm a vampire <laughs> the yeah other you thing... don't suddenly just go from african-american to me like that's not what happened <laughs> mm-hmm. and, and like, he showed up and i was like is that blade why is he yeah robbie robertson is also clearly black and a main hero in this very tv show so it it does feel weird that they like lighten this character's skin. Right. Uh GI yeah. Jolie, do you have to get out of here or can you stick around for a bit? I have to Okay. Oh I hear somebody's ears flapping though. Oh yeah, he's <laughs> He's got a lot of opinions on the whitewashing of Blade in the animated Spider Man TV show. Right. Yeah. Uh, I see that he has his elephant toy out for the anniversary of the killing of Jumbo mm-hmm. by a gigantic train. That is today. Oh. Happy anniversary, everybody. Yeah. Right? I, that's the, That seems sad. It, I mean, it is. Um, <laughs> but also, um, it's... I mean, anyway. <laughs> I'm just going to go on about elephants. But uh, we're here to talk about vampires, so... So, uh, so what are your like yeah. final thoughts, then, I guess, about, like this arc that's going on right now for a four-part arc it ended in three and well, then it yeah. continued on mm-hmm. so um, the, because yeah, this it had to this whole 14 episodes of season two is actually part of the same arc so this whole neogenesis um nightmare part one two three, that's the whole season is neo uh, neogenesis nightmare part one to 14 so this whole season is technically parts one to fourteen. So we yeah, kind of I mean, jumped we, in the middle. <clears throat> we had to watch four episodes to clear up what happened to Michael Morbius, but then <laughs> I mean, we didn't really have to watch the last episode, but I'm glad yeah. we did. Yeah, played right. But, okay. I mean, it, it started strong. It got really cloudy, and then it remained cloudy, and then. Blade came in. Still cloudy, <laughs> but it's, it's now like a fog settling. So, very vampire appropriate. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Happy Halloween! Happy <laughs> Halloween! Spooky episode. Yeah, I, I feel the same. Like, the, the first three episodes um, felt like they were, like, obviously those were kind of like a mini arc in this season. Um, 
it started, like Jolie said, it started off strong, but I think the introduction of Punisher kind of made it stumble and it like barely got its footing by the end, uh, saving, uh, saving Peter Parker and turning him back into a human. Um, and then this last episode with Blade felt like a, felt like it was kind of going back up in, in direction. Like, I, I'm, I like this character. I like where they're going with it. So, um, I'm glad that they kind of, uh, stuck the landing and hopefully the end of this season, um, lives up to the first one because, uh, I think Mike was saying earlier too, like the first season, both the animation and the story felt a lot better. Mm-hmm. Um, so this one feels like, uh, a little weird. And I assume they're also kind of like setting up the fact that bigger things are going to happen later on. So like, changing Peter into a beast and then turning him back. And then later on they're going to introduce aliens and they're going to have the big secret wars event. So they're kind of like building up Spider-Man from being the, the street level hero that we know to being this intergalactic hero, uh, by the, by the end of the series. So, um, a little bit of a stumble, but I think all in all, it still felt like it matched the tone of the rest of the series. All right. Dustin Windebank. What do you think of this one here? Are you a fan of blade from the movies? First of all, yeah, I, I definitely like the blade movies. I mean, uh, I still, you know, in the nineties, just that scene where blade, you know, goes in to the warehouse and the blood rain is happening. And, mm. you know, that's that I can still remember that scene, you know, 24, 25 years later now etched into my brain. Um, uh, so those, those movies, I, I haven't watched them in a while, so I don't know how they they, they hold up, but Blade 1 was a, a big milestone of a movie. So definitely mm-hmm. a great character. I kind of wish they didn't introduce him on the motorcycle. Um, that My comment earlier about them figuring out a way to have the rooftop battles. Mm-hmm. Um, when the motorcycle, like the blades on the motorcycle tires allow him to drive up the side of the, the building. I was, I was like, I, I was laughing at the character, not with the character at that point. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, uh, but yeah, no, it was a good episode. I liked it. I, uh, I definitely... I, I felt Blade fit in with the the world much better than Punisher did. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of wish they explored a bit the difference between, or uh, dug into how like Morbius is not a vampire in the same way everyone else is a vampire. Because um, they talked about how like there's a mutant vampire gene that gets spread, mm-hmm. and. But Morbius was created a different way, so I kind of wish they had uh, explored that a little bit. And uh, but then they did show that Morbius had the same weaknesses as vampires, so he was weak to the the, the garlic spray and all the same things. So I kind of wish they had um, dug into a little bit of that. But yeah, I, it was definitely kind of as Josh was saying earlier. It kind of brought the the story arc back up from where it was with the Punisher episode. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, has anyone not talked about Blade yet? Becca, have you talked about Blade? Yeah, I talk about Blade every day, all the time. <laughs> <laughs> every waking moment. We have to stop me. her from talking about Blade on the Spidercast. Is anyone excited for the new Blade? Yes. Yeah. Eventually, Mahershala one day. Ali. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. I am so, like... I think... 
Go ahead. Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, everyone's excited except for Wesley Snipes. Yeah, yeah. He still thinks he's going to be Blade. I'm sorry, dude, but you had your time. Should have paid your taxes. Yeah. <laughs> um, the Motherfuckers thing is, is, always trying to ice, ice skate uphill, huh? <laughs> like, when I, when I, uh, when Blade, you know what's funny? When Blade I came out. I love that line. <laughs> when Blade um, came out, I don't even think I saw it, like, in the theater. Like, I just didn't care about the character. But then, like, years later, I realized my mistake, my folly. And now I realize, like, this movie was, I mean, it. Obviously, it was a year before X-Men, but this is a key part of, like, the beginnings of the superhero craze. Like, David yeah. S. Goyer, who also wrote Batman Begins, wrote the first Blade movie, and he really helped figure out a way to do superheroes that are not Batman or Superman, right? Because for some reason, no one could do it before that. And he did it, and then X-Men did it, and Spider-Man did it, and it all went from there, you know? So, it's an important movie, for sure. And I'm mm -hmm. glad that... um What's his name? Maher Mahershala Mahershala, Mahershala, Mahershala. Ali. Yeah. yeah. What a great actor. Yeah. Um, I'm just looking forward to it. I mean, like, I, unfortunately though, like all Marvel Studios films, I don't think it's gonna quite have the uniqueness of these Wesley Snipes films. What do you guys think? Yeah, probably not because it, uh, it's probably going to be a little bit more tame to fit in with the MCU style. It right. most likely won't be rated R. I hope I'm wrong and they're able to go further with it and make it a rated R film and push the boundaries of what the MCU can be, um, especially with the uh, eventual introduction of Deadpool. They're going to have a rated R Deadpool. They've mm. already announced that. He's going to continue to be uh, mature while still being in the MCU. So um, hopefully they're able to give that same um, same chance to Blade because that would be great. Okay. Oh, sorry. I, <laughs> I was, I was, I was did everyone cut out or did? Yeah, yeah I lost it for a minute there. We were oh, okay. all just waiting for the other person to speak. That's never um, happened. We just talk over each other constantly. <laughs> we do, yeah. I hope um, the blade is is just pure horror and like just slaughtering vampires and stuff. That'll be dope. I'd love that. Also, leather jackets all around. Mm -hmm. So and leather was pants. There... Yeah, leather everything. <laughs> That's what pissed me off about the new Matrix trailer. Not enough Not chrome leather. leather. <laughs> I don't care if it's been twenty years. 1990, all the time. So, you don't even realize, I knew that there was a Blade TV show. I had no idea there was a Blade cartoon. Did you guys ever see that? Nope. No. <laughs> or maybe there was just, oh, these, sorry, these are anime straight to oh, video. I watched the Blade anime. Never okay. mind, I know what you're talking It's not good. Not good? Okay. None of yeah, the Marvel anime is good. Okay. It is fun as hell. Okay. But not good. But good? Well, it's like the mar it's like the manga verse. Also, not good, but pretty mm -hmm. funny. Mm. Okay, so but the animation is beautiful. Okay, just not the writing. Yeah, or anything else about it. Yeah, I don't think <laughs> I've seen any. I don't think I've seen any of the Marvel anime stuff. There's a Wolverine one for sure. Which There's actually an Iron bad. Man one. Oh, I didn't see that one. Uh, what else? X Men. Uh, 
Oh, I didn't see that one either. Maybe That's, I just seen looks two. Like, yeah, they, they had a whole sh- series of uh, X Men anime. Wow. But I, it's the only X Men I've never seen. Ooh, anime Cyclops. Hello. Maybe I should take <laughs> this. Take a look at this. This sounds pretty interesting. So Dustin. Oh yeah. Oh, anime God. Carol Danvers. Sorry, she's so hot. <laughs> so Dustin, overall, does the Spider-Man cartoon live up to your memories of seeing it, however many years ago? Oh yeah, yeah. Um, uh, it was it was fun. It was fun. The uh, sometimes you just gotta, you know, coast through. Remember, it's a kids' show, <laughs> right? <laughs> You know, every so often you're like, oh, this Felicia, Felicia character isn't realistic. But, you know, that's, it, it's a kid's cartoon. So I enjoyed it. I liked it. Right, right, right. Uh, okay, so overall, I guess the last question is, Dustin, do you recommend these episodes for other people to watch? I think if I was recommending episodes, I would recommend uh, season one. Okay. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, Bex Luthor. Uh, I love this show, honestly. And then just watching it back is just like, yeah, we can critique it all we want, but it's it's a it, for me and probably a lot of people my age, it and like Batman animated series is what like got us into comic books. I was like, what is this universe? Where do I find more of it? And then even the show, it gets really sick with all the Madam Web shit, and then Carnage shows up, and then like they get out of college, <laughs> you know, just life life situations, and. Um, I forgot. I was just looking it up. I forgot that there was supposed to be a sixth season that just got scrapped. Mm. And they were going to have Ghost Rider in it. And Mysterio was going to come back. And, like, Puma was going to be in it. And jack o was going to be in it. Like, it was <laughs> going to be cool. And if yeah. I was, like, sentient enough at the time to know that there was supposed to be more Spider-Man animated series, and then there wasn't going to be, I probably would have been very disappointed about it. I'm still disappointed about it. I would, <laughs> I would love to know if if there was more. Like, Puma? That would have been cool. Mm-hmm, very cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, Joshua Merval, what do you think? Do you recommend, recommend these episodes? Uh, I don't think I would recommend these episodes um, on their own. If you're watching the series, then for sure continue through with them. But watch the first season if you like it. Uh, continue on with these episodes. There's nothing like in particular I would say like works really well. Even Blade, it's like I this is not something that I would recommend to somebody to be like, look at look at how cool Blade is. I, I would show you know comics or the you know the Wesley Snipe, Snipe movies before I would ever show this. So. It's not that I wouldn't recommend this. It's just that this is not the time of the Spider-Man animated show where I would recommend, if that makes sense. Gotcha. Um, okay, well, with, with that mm. wraps up this week's episode of Here Comes the Spider-Cast. We want to thank Dustin Windebank for joining us again. Thank you, Dustin. Oh, oh, thanks for having me. It was fun. And we'll definitely have you on again. And I'm sure next time we'll be doing more comic books. So I'm sure you'll like that. <laughs> anyway, thank you, Bex Luther, for joining us as usual. Yeah, you know, I'm here. <laughs> okay. Well, everyone, here be I sure am. to be sure here to join us. Me. Here comes Bex Luthor. Uh, be here sure to join us next Bex week. Luther. What's that? I'm just sick of beams. Ignore oh, me. Okay, okay. Ignore me. Mute me. All right. 
Uh, me next from the week, call. we're going to be reviewing <laughs> Web of Spider-Man 22 featuring more IRA terrorism. Amazing Spider-Man 284, part one of the gang war with Hobgoblin versus the Rose versus Jack-O-Lantern versus Hammerhead and more. And Spectacular Spider-Man 122 featuring the return of the villain no one was asking for, the Mauler. So be sure to join us <laughs> the then. Who? Exactly. Yeah. And Josh, you can take it from here. We also want to thank you guys so much for listening to the podcast. It really helps when you leave us a review over on Apple Podcast, or you can drop us a line on Twitter at, at @hctspidercast. Uh, please let us know what you guys think about the comics or, in this case, the episodes we're talking about. Uh, we want to keep that comics conversation going. That's right. So until next Monday, see you later. Bye.